Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Great to have you with us. What a great week it's been for politics and the rule of law in this country. President Trump turned himself into the Fulton County Jail last night, where he was arraigned on 13 felony counts from Marxist-Leninist District Attorney Fannie Willis, President Trump's fourth indictment in almost six months. Willis originally asked the judge for a March trial date for President Trump and his 18 co-defendants. But yesterday, Willis asked the judge to move the trial date up to October 23rd, just about two months from today. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan yesterday officially launched a probe of Fulton County's interesting DA and her case against Trump. Congressman Jordan has demanded Willis turn over all documents related to the case. Jordan wants to know what communications the Marxist DA has with the federal government regarding the indictment of President Trump. Because the case involves the prosecution of federal officials at a state level, Chairman Jordan said that the indictment appears to be an attempt to use state criminal law to regulate the conduct of federal officers acting in their official capacities. And a programming note, Chairman Jordan will be our guest here Monday on The Great America Show. Please be sure to join us for one of the true fighters defending the republic and the rule of law. President Trump this week refused to join eight other Republicans on the Fox News debate stage in Milwaukee. President Trump instead joined Tucker Carlson on X, formerly known as Twitter, where they saw an audience of an estimated 150 million views, while Fox had a debate audience of 12.5 million people. And that is only half the television audience when President Trump was on stage for the first time in a presidential debate in 2015. And in his world record interview with Tucker, President Trump said he didn't trust Fox News and reminded Tucker of another reason they didn't want to be on that stage. Eight years ago, the moderator for that debate was Chris Wallace, who Tucker called a bitchy little man. Biden didn't think someone else has got to be running the government. Well, somebody else has to be. Uh, I don't think he's capable of doing anything. Look, when I debated him, I said, how come? And this was in front of probably not a friend of yours, Chris Wallace. He was the moderator. Not a friend. I said, why did why is it he wants to be Mike, but he doesn't have the talent. It's one of those bitchy little little man. He wanted to be his father, but he didn't have the talent of his his father was great. His father, little fussy man. His father interviewed me in 60 minutes. It was actually a 10. Can you believe it? I may His have father got, had talent, at no, least. I may have been the only guy that he gave a good 60 minutes, so he was rough. Really? His father was tough. He was great, though. He was great at what he did. But uh, Chris Wallace was so upset. He was guarding this guy, who wouldn't do a show, by the way. You know, he wouldn't do I figured I didn't mind Chris Wallace because uh, he wouldn't do, Biden wouldn't do a show. And it was very obvious. You know, he kept asking him and asking, but he wouldn't do the show. So I figured he's got to like me. But he came from a different planet. But remember when I asked the question, why is it that 
the mayor of Moscow's wife is allowed to give you three and a half million dollars. Don't forget, that was brought up now. It's brought up all the time. But that was brought up by me long before anyone ever heard of it. I said, the mayor of Moscow's wife giving you three and a half million dollars. What did you do to deserve three and a half million dollars to Biden? And Chris Wallace said, this doesn't uh, this has nothing to do with the debate. <laughs> I mean, he, he got in the way of the question. No. He, well, it was it was crazy. And I said, well, wait a minute. He got three and a half million for the mayor of Moscow's wife. Now, people forget that. But if you go back and take a look, you will see. And Chris Wallace didn't want me to ask that question. I said, I think it's a very appropriate question. It turned out to be much more appropriate than people thought. Here is that debate in 2020 with Joe Biden that he referenced. The debate where Chris Wallace left his role as moderator and became a Biden advocate and protector, insisting without any facts whatsoever that Trump dropped the issue of Joe and Hunter Biden's business dealings with China and Ukraine. Deficit China with ate Mexico. your lunch. All right, gentlemen, in, in, China in, ate your lunch, uh, Joe. And but, no wonder okay. your son goes in and he takes out he takes out billions uh, of dollars, takes out billions of dollars to manage. He makes millions of dollars. And also, while we're at true. it, why is it, just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista to deserve $183,000? None of that is true. Not an if not, none of that is true. Oh, really? Totally he didn't give me no, hey, Mr. President, it's totally, Mr. President, please. Totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait, he didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe. Mr. Vice, he got three and a half million dollars. It is not true. Oh, really, Mr. President? It's an it's an open discussion. Please, it's a fact. Well, you have raised an issue. Let the Vice President answer. Discredited. Did Bruce pay him one hundred eighty-three thousand a month with no experience in energy? Mr. Look, President, my son did nothing wrong at Burisma. I think he did, Mr. President. Let him answer. He doesn't want to let me answer because he knows I have the truth. His, his position has been totally, thoroughly discredited. By who? In Ukraine. The media. By everybody. Well, by the, by media, the media, by our allies, by the World Bank, by, e- by everyone has discredited. Matter of Dude, fact, I, matter of fact, Mr. even President, the people who testified under oath. So let me ask oath, you this. Andrew, no, no, oath, go ahead, Mr. Every, I'm listening to you. People under, you got three he, and a half million dollars from Moscow. Te- he testified under oath and his administration said, I did my job and I did it very well. Oh, really? I did it I'd honorably. Like to know who they are. Every, well, I'll give you the list I'll of the people them. who testified. No, no, go ahead, sir. Sure, you, you've already fired most of them because they did some a good job. Some people don't well, do a good here's job. The, with you, yeah, you the, the, wait a minute. You get the final word. Mr. Well, it's hard to get any word in with this clown. Excuse me. This. Hey, hey this let me person. just say to you. No, no, no. I'm no. Mr. President. Three and a half million, Joe. That is simply. Why did not he true. deserve three and a half million it, from it, Moscow? Look, here's the deal. We want to talk about families and ethics. I don't want to do that. I mean, his family, we could talk about all night. His family's my already, family, no, 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 let him, my let family already lost wrote. a fortune by coming down ahead, and helping us ahead, with government. Ahead, and that's Every, such a, they're right that's here. Mr. President, such a great, single one of them lost This is not about Mr. my family or his family. It's about your family. They the American three people. And a half million he doesn't. That's not true. It doesn't want to talk about what you need. You, the American people. It's about you. That's what we're talking about. All right. That's the end of the segment. We're moving on. 
president, he didn't take them. Well, Vice president, very, Chris, no. I, can I be honest? It's a very important try question. Try to be honest. No, I, he I stood good up. No, stood up, I, I, the answer to the question is no. Ukraine. It, no, I, sir. With a billion sir, dollars, if you that get rid is of absolutely you know what, you're, wait, not you're true. You're, you're doing it. You're going to have true. Gentlemen, is, <laughs> I hate to raise Chris, my voice, but it seems to be, why should I be different than the two of you? So here's the deal. Good point. We have... Six segments. We have ended that segment. We're going to go to the next segment. In that segment, you each are going to have two uninterrupted moments. In those two interrupted minutes, Mr. President, you can say anything you want. I'm going to ask a question about race, but if you want to answer about something else, go ahead. But we, we, I think that the country would be better served if we allowed both people to speak with fewer interruptions. I, I'm appealing to you, sir, to do that. Well, and him, too. Well, frankly, you've been doing more interrupting well, than that's all right, has. but he does plenty. Well, less than, <laughs> sir, less There's than plenty. No, less than you have. President Trump had it right, and Wallace and the rest of the leftist media elites had it all wrong. Turning now to some foreign policy and national security, Trump was right about China eight years ago as well, and he's right today. A group of anonymous investors called Flannery Associates have bought 52,000 acres in California, about two hours from San Francisco and Sacramento. The catch is it's next to Travis Air Force Base. The firm says they plan to build a new city on that acreage with thousands of new homes. The families who previously owned that land say they didn't want to sell it, but the investors who bought it bought it at a hugely inflated price. Could it be China? Could it be Russia? Maybe Iran? That's yet to be known, but Congressman John Garamendi who represents that district, says this could be a huge risk to national security. Clearly, it's a huge domestic threat to the nation. And elsewhere, the BRICS Economic and Security Coalition announced this week that they're expanding and would accept six new countries as members. Saudi Arabia, Iran, Ethiopia, Egypt, Argentina, and the United Arab Emirates. BRICS was originally set up with a coalition of China, Brazil, Russia, India, and South Africa to act as, if you will, a countervailing influence and force against U.S. power. Let's bring in our Foreign Policy Friday panel to take all of this up. Joining us is Tony Schaefer and Gordon Chang. Gordon, Tony, great to have you back with us for our Friday wrap-up on threats to the United States. Let's start with China's Xi Jinping not showing up for his big speech at the BRICS meeting, a lot of buzz around it, talking about everything from his health deteriorating, possibly, to some other form of crisis. Your thoughts, Gordon? This is a mystery, Lou. Um, Xi Jinping did not show up at lunch for the BRICS business forum, though he did show up later in the day for dinner. Um, it could be a political issue, could be a health issue. I actually have another theory. And that is, this was a business forum that Xi Jinping missed. And I think that he did not want to be around to be questioned about what was happening in China itself, because the Chinese economy is in severe distress. It could even be terminal. I don't think that he wanted to take questions. Well, he wouldn't have taken questions anyway, but he did not want to have someone shout out something toward him. My guess, but we'll try to find out, Lou. Well, terminal is a, a big word when you're talking about the uh, <laughs> the Communist Chinese Party. Uh, do you mean terminal for Xi Jinping, terminal for China, for whom? Well, China will always exist, um, but that's not true for the Communist Party. 
right now um, we're seeing signs of severe distress. Um, everything is plummeting down. And the real issue here is that Xi Jinping could arrest the decline. He could actually rescue things. But he has theories, he has ideology that prevents him from doing so. So he believes, for instance, in a state economy, he does not want private parties or foreign parties to have any sort of role of significance. And they're the only ones that can rescue this. You go back to Deng Xiaoping, Mao Zedong's successor, and Deng sort of let um, the Chinese people um, take the initiative. Xi Jinping won't do that because he wants the Communist Party to be in control. And as long as he wants the party to be in control, there are no solutions, which means that this is terminal. Tony, I'm not seeing any Western coverage, Western media coverage of the BRICS conference in, in South Africa, which I find uh, to be interesting. Don't you? I do. And I think it's because there's a, a great effort to diminish the growing strength of the BRICS, Blue. I, I think the West, and to, that includes Western media, uh, does not want to admit that you have an ascendancy of the Chinese, uh, of the Russians working together behind the scenes. And I think this is driven, I'll be blunt, by the, the Biden administration. The Biden administration is committed to this complete alternate reality where everything is just fine. Don't look here. And so when, when you have that, you have the Western media not participating and i think it's a shame as, as as gordon just said there's some significant things which happened relating to premier Xi, Xi not showing up and not doing the speech i think it related directly to the economic woes that gordon alluded to their their economy is a mess they had the cpi issue they have biden even kind of showing a bit of backbone saying there's certain things that we should detach from the chinese relating to trade and economy, but at the mean, at the, in the same instance, there's a, a effort to diminish this growing economic uh, alternative to the to the G8 uh, to the larger global uh, economy. So I think that's why you, you saw very little, if any, coverage by the West on this. And we do have to keep in mind that when you uh, when you pull China and uh, India out of the equation, uh, BRICS adds up to really more straw than brick. Uh, it's uh, these economies are negligible in terms of global uh, power, uh, influence and, uh, frankly, relevance. Uh, but China, India uh, and, of course, Saudi Arabia. Uh, are important uh, uh, elements if both Iran and Saudi Arabia are, are become new members of BRICS. Oh, I want to get I, I want to get your your guys' view on uh, just what this is about, and is the United States delusional in thinking that India will be some sort of countervailing uh, force uh, in Asia and the Asia Pacific region uh, to China, Gordon? Well, first of all, on India, um, the defining element in Indian-Chinese relations is the border dispute. And it's more than just a dispute because Xi Jinping has territorial claims that would break India apart. Um, and until those are resolved, these two countries will not cooperate. Um, but they can put aside their differences, at least temporarily. And I think that is very much what you're referring to. You know, in terms of BRICS, um, these countries have disparate um, relations. They have um, different different interests. And as you point out, 
most of them are weak. And even China right now is not doing well. So I don't see this as a challenge, um, a great challenge to the international community, at least at the moment. Got to remember the G20, um, which represents almost the entire world, is a failure. The G7, um, which is like-minded countries, doesn't operate very well. So I don't see how the BRICS grouping can, especially when you add six more countries. So we'll see about this, Lou. Uh, there is a potential there to challenge the developed world, but um, they've got a long way to go before they can mend relations and get on the same page. Tony? So I agree with, with Gordon mostly, but I think this is more about long-term investment regarding the perception. Ultimately, I think you're going to have to, and I'm with Gordon on the, the border dispute with India, that, that that is going to be what we need to focus on. I think there's real potential to drive a wedge between China and India regarding some of their internal disputes. I think this goes back a long way. With that said, China I think still wants to challenge the United States. That's why you see Saudi Arabia and other Middle Eastern countries being brought into this to challenge the dominance of the petrodollar. I don't think China wants their currency to replace the dollar yet, but I do believe they want to diminish the uh, the use and the uh, the importance of our fiat currency. I think that's an ultimate goal of the Chinese to diminish that. So this, I think, is a... Remember, the Chinese are very patient. Uh, they do tend to do things over decades, not years. So I, I don't necessarily think they're going to be a large economic force immediately, but this is the they're trying to build a perception that the momentum is in their side. And indeed, I think bringing in the Middle Eastern countries, they want to find a way to undermine our petrodollar being that currency that's used right. for most energy transactions. Well, until they get their economies uh, productive, uh, efficient, uh, and driving forward, uh, I think we're going to be able to defer that uh, that eventuality. It may occur, uh, but it's going to be a while off uh, because of all of the economic problems pr uh, that are besetting Russia and China uh, and a good part of the other uh, countries, including, uh, frankly, Saudi Arabia is not in the strongest position it might be, or the United uh, Arab Emirates uh, and uh, Iran, uh, add to them Egypt, Ethiopia, and Argentina, which is the list of the uh, the nations that have been invited to join the BRICS. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, very interesting, but uh, proximate and immediate uh, is China's vow to support Cuba. Now, this is a public public. A statement of support for Cuba to, quote, unquote, defend its national sovereignty. And Americans are now just now getting used to the idea that there is a military uh, base escalation in Cuba now, a Chinese military base. Uh, this is that we can argue about Ukraine and all sorts of other global issues and hotspots, potential and otherwise. But when you start talking 90 miles off our borders, I don't care who the 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 compromised and impaired puppet president is get out of the way because that's a national security issue of the highest order. What do you think, Gordon? Oh, absolutely. Um, China's had at least three listening posts in Cuba for most of this century. They're thinking of what they call a training facility, which really is going to be a military base where they'll base uh, intermediate and short range ballistic missiles. Um, this is a threat of the highest order to the United States. 
And although Cuba is sovereign, the problem is we have a Biden administration and an Obama administration that supported Havana. And we should not be doing that while they invite the Chinese in to threaten the U.S., as you say, from 90 miles from our border. And by the way, the Chinese are in uh, the Bahamas. That's also 90 miles from Florida. And Tony? Yeah. So the issue of China becoming a dominant regional force is something that actually started under President Trump. And again, I fault those under Trump who did not fully brief him or posture the United States military to begin to do something about this. I don't believe it's a good idea to allow Chinese open access. And as Gordon said, they've, they've been expanding. We've known about this. This is not new. Uh, the fact that we're even wait, wait, now wait, allowing When you say Gordas, it's not new, when you say it's not new, it's sure as heck new to the American people and to the national media, because no one knew anything about this that I'm aware of uh, in the national corporate media, in the uh, in the righteous oh, patriot. No, that, that's my I'm, point. Yeah, well, the point, yeah, no, your point is well taken. and I agree with you. The problem is this. The intelligence community. I don't because th- I think if Trump was told in more detail about this, Lou, we would have been told. I think I don't think Trump yeah. would have stood for this. My, my issue is, the again, the intelligence community, the deep state, whatever you want to call him, kind of sad nagging him on this, because you and I both know Trump would have gone nuts on this. Like, what? You've got these guys, these knuckleheads right. reactivating a Russian list. So that's part of my issue. And it, it, again, something has to be remedied because. The administrative state. Well, let's, let's, do is, the, let's do this because we're coming yeah. up on a break. Let's get to just how in the world we get this, the intelligence uh, chieftains uh, from the Obama era f- to this current era working for the American people and national interests instead of for the deep state and the uh, control of the federal government, first and foremost, on their agenda. We're talking with Tony Schaefer and Gordon Chang, and we will be right back and we'll have the answers to all those questions and more. Stay with us, please. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Back with Gordon Chang and Tony Schaefer. And Tony, first of all, let's get to the the issue. Uh, The intelligence community isn't working for the United States, Uh, at least the United States as you and I and Gordon and this audience understands it. What in the heck are we going to do when they won't even tell the command structure of the United States government what is happening in Cuba? Uh, And they knew. They had to know, as you say. So the answer is... They did know, and that's the problem. This goes back a long ways. Look, I, I just had a 
which I was talking about. No, 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 but yeah. sorry, I, I'm, I'm trying to focus on what we're going to do here now. What? I, I know that right, you, so, you've established the, the history. Right, right. I want to get to so, what well, we do. Well, so what we do is we actually, whoever wins the next election has to clean house. You have to do that. You have to understand that these senior leaders, Clapper, uh, Brennan, all these guys are of the same, they're cut from the same cloth. You have to get rid of them. It's like a cancer. You have to cut the cancer out. And as long as you have people who are more committed to a political direction than they are the, the oath of office, you're going to have these problems because they, these intelligence officials are going to think, Lou, they're smarter than the average bear, and they don't want to bother to tell a leader Who's in charge? Who was actually duly elected? What's going on? Because, oh my, oh my, the duly elected leader may not be digging it and will take some action and some action they don't want to have to obey. Oh, Eisenhower warned us about this. It's gotten worse. So we have to have whoever comes in cut out the cancer because this is a cancer. And as long as this happens, as long as that cancer is there, you will never have a full accounting of these of these intelligence operations going. And things like Lourdes and the Chinese getting in there are going to happen over and over. It's going to be uh, almost a, uh, another, what is it going to be three, another 15, 16 months before the election. In the meantime, right. China has a military base that is building up there. They're also building up a military base out in California on 52,000 acres that the Chinese have bought up around Travis Air Force Base for crying out loud, out loud. And the city doesn't even know what's going on. They're building a new city on 52,000 acres at their pleasure. And we don't even know why they're there. We don't even know who the company is. Flattery Associates, we don't know who the principals are and who's funding it. We have a guess. But we don't know. Gordon, when is somebody going to take action? What is an egregious, an egregious failure of uh, intelligence uh, of the command structure and our federal government, which is, by the way, under the control of the Marxist Dems uh, in lock, stock and barrel? First of all, it is up to the American people to put pressure on their president. Um, also, the Republicans in Congress have got to move quickly because it's not just Travis Air Force Base. It's Grand Forks Air Force Base, Laughlin Air Force Base, even Barksdale. A, a Chinese party has bought a country club right under the approach to Barksdale, which is the head of Global Strike Command of the Air Force. It is all over this country. And, of course, the secret Chinese lab that was found just outside of Fresno, right. which had those thousand mice which were genetically which, by engineered. Way, that that story has just disappeared from the from the annals of national corporate media, hasn't it? It certainly has. We're not hearing about it. And we should be putting pressure because it is unlikely to be the only such Chinese facility in the U.S. So we're talking about deliberate spread of disease because those mice were genetically engineered to spread COVID. There were at least 20 pathogens on site. This was a completely off the books facility. We have this issue of Chinese saboteurs crossing our border, southern border, the Biden administration not tracking these individuals, letting them in in the first place is bad enough, but not tracking them. That's even worse. Um, you know, it's just up to the American people to put pressure on their president. Um, it's going to be hard, um, but we can do it because we have done it. Um, we go back to 2021. The American people were outraged that the State Department ended its investigation of the origins of COVID-19. It forced the president to have that 90-day investigation. 
Um, now that turned out to be a whitewash, of course. Wait a minute, Gordon. That was a, a, just another a cover up by the Biden administration. Yes. But the point is that that um, investigation would never have occurred unless the American people um, expressed on one particular day, I think it was May 26 or whatever, um, their outrage at the State Department ending that investigation. So now, what, I, what I hear you saying, Gordon, is, and forgive me for saying it this way, but it sounds like you're saying it's good therapy for the American people to express their outrage. And uh, it's also good politics for the Biden administration to just cover up another absolute outrage against the, uh, the republic. Uh, and everyone's happy and we can just sort of take a, a sigh of relief until the next election uh, to see whether or not we get another idiot like uh, uh, Joe Biden. I mean, where does the where does the pretend uh, nonsense end uh, in this White House uh, that, by the way, we know Joe Biden isn't running it anyway. But how do we take back our government, guys? That's the real question, because there is no community outrage. There's no public outrage, uh, whether it's uh, you name the Air Force base, the real estate, everybody just sort of wrings their hands and goes away and the and the wait for the next installment of your uh, favorite media. It, it's it's a it is. I, I have to tell you, I think this is one of the scariest periods in American history, because suddenly our all of our politicians, at least on the right, are seem to be. You remember the movie the and the book, uh, The Stepford Wives? I mean, yep. my gosh. This is the Stepford uh, political system that I never dreamed would exist. That our society, uh, automatons, you know, waiting to to be uh, amused by whatever threat uh, you know presents itself. My, I, I just, you know, I think this is just a, an extraordinary moment in history that we're going to be very fortunate to live through. I agree, Lou. I think the difference between 2021 and now is that. Uh, we do have the Republican Committee on um, the Chinese Communist Party. We do have a Republican majority in the House, and that gives the American people um, a lever. Now, whether we use it or not is up to us. Whether the Republicans move in the direction that they should um, is going to be a very difficult issue for the reasons you have pointed out so many times. Um, but the point is, this is the only thing we have right now, and we've got to use it. We've got to continue to keep the pressure up because President Biden is determined not to defend us. And I agree with you because he's not determined because he's determined not to defend us. This is the scariest moment in American history. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, Tony, but I. I think this president is more than compromised. I, as a matter of fact, I think he'll be there at the, you know, uh, Joint Base Andrews uh, to greet the uh, transport aircraft bringing in the uh, People's Liberation Army uh, to, to take over. Uh, I, I think he's more than compromised. I, no, I, I'm with you. And this is where I, I'm torn. I'm very much torn on what to do because I see, as you, this almost a boiling, uh, like a, a, a frog in a boiling pot, you know, kind of starting off cold, getting hotter, and all the indicators are there. The problem is this. Uh, those who recognize it do not have the authority to do anything about it. I mean, I know people who are still in DOD, Lou, and DHS. They see what we see, but they're powerless, and at the moment you speak up, you become a target and they get rid of you. So this is one of those things where someone has to come in with political will, that's the key, political will to actually uh, internalize what we're talking about and then pick 
people who are effective in their 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 commitment to taking out the garbage, which are those who are committed to allowing the Chinese to do this. Uh, and I'm talking about most of the senior level officials in the Biden administration yeah. are completely committed to allowing this to happen. They've got to be stopped. And I don't I don't even know how to do that without going down a path we don't want to go down. Well, Tony, I want to get your thoughts next on uh, Wagner's uh, chief uh, and, by the way, his subordinate as well, the top two officers of the Wagner uh, uh, mercenaries uh, who were killed in an unfortunate. And I and I understand Putin is deeply uh, remorseful over their loss uh, in this plane crash. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts about it and what it means and who ordered it. And was it an assassination? I couldn't be. We're talking with Tony Schaefer and Gordon Chang. We'll be right back and we're going to get uh, Mr. Schaefer's answers on those questions as well as Gordon's. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're back talking with Gordon Chang and Tony Schaefer. Tony, I, your thoughts on uh, Prigozhin's uh, uh, mysterious uh, departure from this uh, this veil of tears uh, up in the, up in the sky uh, on his way to Moscow? Right. Well, you know, Lou, uh, uh, Mr. Putin, President Putin, has announced he's doing a taking a very serious look and doing a very serious investigation of what happened here. Just to let you know that there, he's right on top of it. But at the same time, he said that, uh, you know, Prigozhin was a quote unquote uh, uh, talented businessman. That's a real compliment. And but he made mistakes. So he's embedding some clues there. And oh, by the way, Lou, I don't know if you know, two months to the day yesterday was the uh, anniversary of the attempted coup. So I think that uh, Putin has been signaling that this was all done at his behest. And they don't know, I don't know yet from what I've seen, if it was taken down by a Russian surface to air missile or an FSB internal bomb. But I'm telling you, uh, based on everything I've seen, this is, uh, as I've said before on your show, you can, you can take the man out of the Soviet Union. You can't take the Soviet Union out of the man. And I think this is a very Soviet move by Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin hasn't made very many, frankly, smart moves uh, of late, uh, but suddenly the Russian military appears to be uh, on the on the move and uh, winning battles uh, in Ukraine. So they've exhausted. So anybody who wants to understand a battle, Lou, 
the, the Russians have taken a page out of the Battle of Kursk. Study the Battle of Kursk, both the offensive and defensive, defensive aspects. For your audience to note, I'm not comparing Ukraine to the Nazis, because if you look at the Battle of Kursk in 43, July 43, I'm just talking about the basic elements of it. So basically, they, they, they exhausted the Nazis during World War II in, at 43. The Russians did the same thing against the Ukrainians. They let them be, become exhausted. Now, at the end of that, like World War II, like in 43, the Russians are now prepared to go on the offensive because they've allowed Lou, the, their adversary, to exhaust all of their combat strength. So that's what's going on. And the Russians right now are in a position to go on the offensive. Putin actually visited the front about five days ago. He got a briefing on what their potentiality is. Comes, Lou, does Putin want to go on the offensive because if he wants to, there's very little that will prevent him from doing it and being effective at this point. F-16s are supposed to join the fight. How important will they be when they get there? Apparently, it's going to take until this winter to train up pilots. If you can delay the war till next year at this time, they might have an effect. But even then, they're, uh, they're, they're not the current generation fighter, Lou. Even, and these are the older ones. These are the ones coming from, from Europe, from, from Belgium. And I think uh, one, of the, uh, one of the other countries are donating them. These are not even the most advanced versions of this F-16. You have to untrain them. Yeah their pilots first, Lou, and retrain them. It's not going right. to happen until sometime next spring. Right. Gordon, your thoughts? Well, you know, Tony is the master of this. Um, I think that um, we have to wait a little bit. Um, the Russians looked like they were going to take over Ukraine um, when they invaded on the 20th of February. Um, I think that we can um, maybe... Um, we sometimes overestimate the Russian ability to actually accomplish their aims. This is going to be a fight to the finish. Um, the way that uh, this was, of course, very controversial, came up during the GOP debate in Milwaukee in a number of cases. Um, I see this, and I think the Chinese see this, as a proxy war. They don't see it as a fight between Russians and Ukrainians. They see it as the China versus the United States. And so we, whatever is happening on the battlefield, as Tony points out, we damn well better win, because if we don't, we are going to see the Chinese and Russians move on the rest of Europe, move on Taiwan, Japan, the Philippines. We can see Iran start to pressure Israel, North Korea pressuring South Korea. This is global war, and we're at the cusp of it, and we need a commander-in-chief who has the foresight to understand what's going on and the will to resist um, the Chinese and the Russians. Unfortunately, do we don't think, have that. Yeah, and do you think the Ayatollahs, uh, the Xi Jinping, uh, will be gracious enough to wait until our November election of 2024 uh, for such leadership to emerge? Uh, or do you think there might be some pressure upon them, uh, say, in the spring of 2024, perhaps early summer? to attack Taiwan, to attack uh, wherever they wish, uh, this uh, this triad of, of evil yeah. that has been established now. I mean, that is the critical question facing the world. Um, there are a number of factors that I'm sure are influencing Xi Jinping. Um, one of them is that the Chinese military is not ready to fight, but that doesn't mean they won't fight because Xi Jinping has internal incentives to do this, including a failing country. Um, the factors are going to be the U.S. presidential election, as you point out, is going to be uppermost in Xi Jinping's mind. Um, I'm sure he wants to fight a Biden rather than a Trump. 
On the other hand, he's also looking at the Taiwan election calendar. Taiwan has its presidential election on the 13th of January of next year. And there are some important internal developments um, going on in this campaign that I think are going to affect the way Xi Jinping thinks about timing. One of them is that- Like what? Yep. One of them is that William Lai, the vice president, is the, currently the front runner. But he's the front runner because the pro-China candidates are now divided among two declared candidates and a possible third one. If the pro-China candidates can unify, then I think that Xi Jinping would like to believe that he can win in the January 13th election. If they can't unify and he believes that William Lai will prevail, then he could very well decide to move before that election. So there are a lot of things that Xi Jinping is going to be affected by. Um, we don't know exactly how he mixes all of this. But the one thing we can say is that we do not understand the incentives he's working on. We don't understand it fully. And also, he can take us by surprise because we have a Pentagon and we have an Oval Office that has very little sense of urgency and is not looking at the internal factors inside China and Taiwan right now. Tony, thanks very much for being with us. Uh, Gordon, yes, thank sir. you, gentlemen. Uh, we're out of time and look forward to our conversation next week. Uh, and uh, let's all keep praying because uh, it's going to take some forbearance on the part of our enemies, I believe, uh, to avoid taking uh, opportunistic advantage uh, of this great, uh, this great nation. Let's pray not. Gentlemen, thank you so much. God bless you both. Thank you. Thanks, thanks Lou. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Gordon. Gordon Chang and Tony Schaefer, thank you, gentlemen. And thanks, everybody, for joining us. Our guests here Monday will be House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, hard at work going after the Department of Justice, the FBI, President Biden, the corrupt Marxist Dems. Please join us and join us each and every weekday right here. Follow me on Truth Social at Lou Dobbs and on Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. And our website is loudobbs.com. Please join us here Monday. Till then, thanks, God bless you, and may God bless America.